Season 3, Episode 20, Stats Don't Matter. Baker's back, baby! Got some more NFL talk coming your way. Congrats to the Astros and some really man moments from this week in our cups. It's an ale aged in Merlot barrels from <laughs> California and a double IPA from Massachusetts. Follow us on Instagram at Stats Don't Matter and on Twitter at Stats Podcast, all things sports and beer. You know, Elon's fucking around. He might he might find out because $8 a month to get verified and spam all of you Stats Don't Matter listeners, uh, that might be worth it. So uh, <laughs> you never know. Might just uh, might see you boys with the blue check. Made it to the big time. Start from the bottom. Now we're here. And find Stats Don't Matter wherever you get your podcasts. Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google, Tim. Let's get into the show. Let's go, man. Uh, question on that. I think yeah. you first still need to get regular verified. And then you can get... I think you still have to... I don't think just anybody can be verified. I think he you is going to make it... He's going to make it a pay-to-use a pay to use site, right? So if he's going to make it a pay-to-use site, I'll pay 30 bucks. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> we're going to get the content to the people because we're a podcast for the people, Tim. Amen, brother. Amen. All right. Windsor, California. Windsor, California. That is where the beer that I'm drinking comes from. It is called Intinction. It's an ale aged in Merlot barrels with grapes from Russian River Brewing Company. Fuck yeah. Mm. Shout out to the beer stork because all the Russian River that I could have brought back when Chelsea and I went to Napa Valley, I drank before we ever came back. So nice. <laughs> no, no way that was going to survive. Uh, let's see. What is this for anybody story? unsure who that fine establishment is? One, you live on a rock, but two, uh, they make Pliny the Elder, Pliny the Younger, uh, Whistling Pig, all that, all that bad Johnny stuff, uh, OG stuff. So if you don't know what that is, you, you gotta. Oh man, and uh, the side says Intinction is a mixed culture. Oh, a mixed fermi. Mixed culture fermentation, which we barrel age in Merlot barrels with freshly pressed Merlot grapes. The complex beer has delicate notes of tart cranberry, floral nuances with a slightly tannic finish from the grape skins. Intinction is re-fermented in the bottle, creating natural carbonation and a small layer of yeast sediment. Barrel aged 8 to 15 months pours a nice, nice little, little pink color. Mm-hmm. I had the one of the worst fucking days today. The way that it started off. Yeah. I was like, I had a 930 meeting. I stepped in like to the room at like 928. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of people there that I wasn't expecting. So I was like, oh, fuck it. Still alive. Uh, <laughs> then I get back and I had like a government vehicle that I used to, to go to this meeting. So I get back from the meeting. I'm at my desk. I'm like, oh, shit, I have class tonight. So I got to run home. So I get all the way like halfway down the hall. And I'm like, fuck, where's my wallet? I don't know where my wallet is. It's not It's not at my desk. It's not in my suit. And then I was like, it's probably still in the government vehicle. But it's not like I can just go down and like take the keys, right? I got to like reserve a vehicle. I got to do all this stuff. So I had to like yeah. try MacGyver to get a reservation on the fly and then get the key that wasn't the key <laughs> to unlock the car <laughs> to get my, <laughs> to get my wallet. And I just said, I just sent a text to my teacher. I was like, yo. I lock my wallet in the car. I'm not going to be there when class starts. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then uh, the car, the car ain't my homework. Sorry. Yeah, I mean seriously, seriously, it was it was something else. So I'm really looking forward to this year. Um, I didn't actually have any of this when we were uh, out there on tap because, of course, when you go to um, 
Russian River, you get the IPAs. That's what you do. A, mm-hmm. a lot of the smart people, you get the barrel aged stuff. So it does, uh, it does definitely have a nice tannic finish to it. Tannic. Describe that for the folks, uh, like a second Ooh. grader. Like grape skinny. You know what I mean? That tannins in a, in a really rough wine, you know, well, I know now because I went to Napa, but uh, tannins in, in wine, the more tannins that are present, right? it's like sugars, right? And, and they're definitely going to lead to a hangover. So uh, the unsmoother, is that even a word that the wine is? The more tannins you're <laughs> likely to have, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, remember uh, most of what. I don't know if that's a word. Yeah. Um, so I, I gotta be frank, <clears throat> I'm probably gonna give this like a three, six. Uh, I, I, I think I've been spoiled by a lot of mixed for tape, uh, mixed Fermi beers from like, um, Oxbow, for example. Yeah. Um, or some other places, Allagash, right? I'm not yep. saying rush. This isn't a great beer. I'm just saying for whatever reason, it's like, I just tasting nothing but grape skins right now. Interesting. Which, okay. I mean, it says on the side of the bottle. So I, I guess I should have known that. Um, it is a, it is a nice beer, mm-hmm. um, but as a mixed fermentation beer, I'm not really sure it's like super up my alley, you know? Yeah. I, right. I, I, I probably would not, um, I probably wouldn't like seek this out wow. to me. It kind of looks like, um, it looks like it could be like one of those fruited sours, but it doesn't yeah. really have a lot of carbonation in it because it's got natural carbonation. So if you're into like groots or, you know, those naturally fermenting, you know, beers and maybe this is up your style um, or Holy Mountain. Have you ever had Holy Mountain from Seattle? No, because I am not. I'm not usually like a sour, tart, wild fermented style. Yep. Yeah, me consumer. neither. But, you know, I, I did three. I did three weeks of stouts. You know, your boys got to yeah. do something else. I, I mean, I do mix it up. I, tr- I try a little bit of everything, but. Uh, all right. So exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to check this in and I'm going to give it a three six and people are going to freak. Fair enough. All right. So I will not be denied. So following suit with what you got, uh, I've got one uh, that used to be a whale. Um, Spoiler alert. I have had this one probably been two, three, three and a half years, maybe since I had it. But uh, shout out to Wykey and the boys of Fakap Sigma. In USM College, we had a wedding this weekend in Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I think technically it was in East Hampton, but we all stayed in, in Northampton. So, um, your boy kind of tied one on a little bit, uh, as you should. When we just with brothers, yeah, at a wedding. Yeah, we we discovered that we were about fifteen minutes away from the Deerfield Treehouse location, which for anybody who has not been to a treehouse facility, or the Deerfield location. Holy shit, man. Uh, That place is incredible. Like, my wife loved it. Everybody who was there, it's like walking through a beer museum, almost. It was just just completely unreal. Uh, So we went there twice, actually. We went... uh, My my buddy, my best friend growing up, him and his wife came up from Florida. We haven't seen him in a while. So we went up Thursday the night before. Got to hang out with them, get some dinner. Uh, ate at the Terminal, which is a really cool place. It's a bar, restaurant, in an old, like, subway tunnel, almost. So you walk in, it's, like, very shallow. I mean, very short, 
not a not a lot of room in there. Uh, but it's like food is great. We ate our face off. We had I think almost everything on the menu. Um, had a couple drinks. Stayed up a little too late, and then the following day, hit up Treehouse before the wedding, and then went back the following before day before the wedding. Before the wedding, As yeah, in, like, a couple hours before the, wedding. before the wedding. Yeah, yeah, Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> so then had breakfast in the morning, uh, in which I started with a very delicious uh, Irish coffee. Or no, it was called like a, a butterscotch coffee or something. Anyway, it was it was delicious. So we figured let's keep this gravy train rolling. Uh, like all treehouse locations, you can only get three pours max. So I think I mean we ran out of time. We only had two anyway. But holy shit, man, the amount of beers you can get to go there. They have like 40 cans plus a handful of bottles that you can pick up and, and leave with. But anyway, I digress. If you're in there, if you're in uh, Northampton or anywhere around there, go to that facility. And while you're there, there's this really cool place called Yankee Candle Village, which I didn't know was a thing. It's really cool. Uh, I thought it was going to be super cheesy. Uh, it was not. It was it. pretty amazing. It was like half uh higher class like a, a cross between home goods and crate and barrel and then it, as you navigated the the whole area they had like christmas shit everywhere they had a bunch of stuff for kids really really cool but anyway i'm drinking very green from treehouse brewing a sucker oh anybody who has had a crisp Clean, well-made New England IPA from many of the big names knows exactly what this smell is. It's just delicious, delicious citrus hops and candy right on the nose. I'm very excited for this one. I have not had a beer uh, all week. My house is sick. Everybody in this house is sick. Oh, no. My wife's got the flu. They just had uh, RSV. my wife is 24 weeks pregnant, so everything kind of hits her twofold. So, uh, yeah, she's she's been laid up for a couple of days. So I've been avoiding it, thinking I was going to get it, but somehow managed to uh, dodge all the bullets so far. Knock on wood. Um, Maybe you're right. the carrier. Did you, did you think about that? Nah, so we actually think it was either my son or Steve. Steve Plummer. Interesting. What a jerk. All right. To the beer. Uh, this thing, I mean, it's, it's literally a, like, exact model replica of what a New England IPA is. It looks like orange juice in this glass. It has perfect carving, head retention, all of that jazz. Smells fantastic. Let's taste it. Oh. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, uh, man, hold on. I gotta, I gotta do another one. 43 sips, everyone knows the rules. It is like a fucking explosion of flavor. So when you first, when you first take a sip, it starts off pretty mellow, and then you just get this bang of, like, big, bright hops with a lot of fruity, sweet notes to it. Like, this is what somebody would consider, like, a sweet IPA. And it's amazing because it's nothing but hops. Um, it is, damn. I'm gonna read the. I'm gonna read the back of it. 
just because they're always pretty good at some of these descriptions. Fair Green is the original treehouse double IPA crafted with a careful, carefully selected blend of the Australian and American hops. It pours with a dense yellow body in the glass and forms a thick meringue-like head. Very accurate. Uh, it opens in the glass with a huge note of ripe pineapple, pithy citrus, and dank saturated hops. As it warms up, it shows its depth and complexity. Sweet bits of malt intermingled with straight Tropicana juice. It has a soft but pointed bitterness and a rich velvety mouthfeel. This is the very best beer we can offer you. And I gotta say, whoever writes these descriptions uh, is spot on every single time. When you get this, it's everything that they just described, meaning as you put it in, you get that subtle flavor, and as it warms in your mouth, it just pops with, with flavor. Nothing but citrus. I get exactly what he's saying, but the, the Tropicana pineapple mouthfeel, this is incredible. It is so much better than I ever remember it being. Um, this, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the recipes changed a, a little bit over time, right? They moved hmm. to a new location. The water's a little different. Right. So I'm going to give... Goddamn. I'm going to give that one a... Uh, a... Four nine. I'm going for it. Four, four nine. nine. Yeah, that is incredible. There's not one drawback I would have to this beer. It's not overwhelming. It's not too bitter. There is one because you didn't give it a five. So, well, that's because I'm I'm st- I'm stuck in that like <laughs> there will always be a better one. Now I know I know people are going to hear this and think, oh, Treehouse, it's not, it's never been the same after Monson. No, we've talked about this already. Your taste buds and flavor profile has changed as you've been introduced to. Other breweries are doing a great job. Vitamin C is one of those. Waypoint, uh, or no, that's a distilling company. You know, some of the ones out of Maine. Uh, they're all phenomenal, and they make a really good beer. But if you have not had this beer in a while, go there and get it fresh. This can this thing was canned the day I bought it. Yeah, it was canned the day I bought mm. it, and it is ice cold out of the fridge. That is the best beer I've had in the last eight months, hands down, hands down. Damn. Well, best IPA. No, best IPA. Best IPA I've had in the last eight months, and the only reason I say that is because I tried several of their stouts there. I don't know how long it's been since I've had an angry chair, but I got one on the way, boys. I got one on the way. Bingo cards out. All right, let's get into some football because I made a pretty bold statement a couple weeks ago, and it's coming. Somewhat to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll bury the lead. We both scored two out of three this week because we both got the Bills Jets wrong. That's where we should start. Um, If you would have told me this game gets played 100 times, I would say 97 out of 100, no, 93 or 94 out of 100 times, Bills win this game. Yeah. Um, And if you were to tell me, no, 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 I I went, I, I checked in the future, I was at the game. Uh, and I came back. I used the Infinity Stones or whatever. And uh, by the way, the Jets win by field goals. You'd be like, you are fucking high. You are right. fucking high. There's no way. Absolutely no way. And, you know, Josh Allen now nursing a UCL or a Tommy John injury. His status yeah. is questionable for going uh, and, you know, going on here. And Naheem Hines was picked up. All that hype. Um, Gabe Davis did not get involved in this game whatsoever. 
that you know, outside of a couple of catches and the Jets put together a competent showing. Their defense underneath Robert Sala flexed and said, Yeah, we got it. We can get punched in the face and we can we can trade back. And this was this is one of those those fights, I think, that you see on the field where you expect a team to just land, land that that haymaker, just end the fight. And for whatever reason, it just keeps going. And as you get further and further into the rounds, you're just like, you know, the small guy, he might have something going on here. He, he might actually outlast and win this fight. And then when it goes to the, you know, the judges scorecards and everyone says, you know, by decision, and it's the it's the young pop, you're like, what? What just happened? <laughs> and that's that's how I felt watching this game. I'm just sort of like, come on, Bills, do something. Get it together. Come on, Bills. What like what the fuck is going on here? Come on, Bills, let's go. Yeah. I I, I mean, listen, I would love to say that uh I'm not gifted, but I kind of am in seeing some... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> this is this is one of those games where, like, I, I think I said last week that, you know, this could sneak around and, and the Jets, in my opinion, are going to be one of the clear... Uh, you have it listed as a, a, a postseason favorite. Um, I think I read that as, like, you know... I, I was... Let's pump the brakes a little bit. I don't know if they're necessarily the team that's going to win it all, but... I thought they were they're going to be a team that's going to make it into the playoffs. And if there was a game to ever demonstrate that that's a real possibility, this was that game. And it was, I mean, you can argue that uh, there was some injuries that they had to deal with and Josh Allen and his elbow, you can see, kind of came down on top of another player. Uh, it just didn't look great in this game. He got sacked five times. He had two interceptions. He only completed 18 of his 34 attempts. Like, it just wasn't a, a good game. He had two fumbles also. Now, all of that could be explained away with, uh, a, you know, a, an elbow injury. I mean, he scored two touchdowns, so I mean, it can be that bad. I mean, I say that, but I, I know a tendonitis and, and whatnot your elbow can feel like, and, and or worse, and in it could definitely lead to hand grip and gripping while you're running the ball, but to have two turnovers, flirt with two additional two turnovers, it's just not smart football from a team that I just said last week, this is on them to lose this season. So I'm not super worried about it. I mean, they went up against a team that has a 6-3 and three record. The Bills are 6-2. and two. I think there's only two teams in the entire league that have a better overall record. You have the undefeated Eagles, and you have of all teams. I think the Vikings are seven and one. Um, yes. You have a couple. I mean, you have several teams that are like six and two. But in terms of the win column, you have two teams. That's it that have a better record or or more wins. Uh, so it's this is one of the most bizarre week by week seasons I've seen in a very long time because. You know, this this is one of those that you would expect the Bills to come in and put up a better game. The Jets are a good team. We've said all of New York, they're all phenomenal teams this year. So while um, I love to say I'm surprised that they lost, I'm kind of not. Like we knew this could potentially have gone, in my mind, this could have gone either way with the way the Jets have been playing. Allen's been playing his ass off. So you expected a win from them, but the fact that they lost, I mean, it is what it is. It's not all that heartbreaking. There was, you know, the Chiefs and the Titans 
right? That was the same thing where I have been beating that drum for years and years ooh, and ooh, years ooh, that people ooh, are starting ooh, to figure ooh, it out. Ooh. Patrick Mahomes has saved a lot of games with these circus passes and all these crazy things that he's doing, which will continue to keep you in games. But he had to throw the ball like a record, like 60 or, or not a Nine. record, but like the, the third highest attempt in history just to beat the Titans in overtime, which is bananas because the, you, you would have, this is, this was that game last week where I was kind of like, I feel like my gut says I should go Titans here. And they literally, they, they almost had, they had opportunities to actually win could've, the, could've the game itself. Um, they just started to peter off at the, the tail end of this game. But that is another example where like week over week, just a handful of games, like the Packers are a disaster. Uh, they lost, but they lost to a team that's even worse. Like it's such a bizarre uh, season so far that I've literally held off on any of my DraftKings gambling because it's so unpredictable. Like clear favorites. Oh, no more fifteen leg parlays for you. Uh, uh, ah, they're so, they're so sad. Ah, they're they're always there. Uh, but like it's. <laughs> I don't know. The Seahawks, they beat the Cardinals this weekend. The Cardinals is a team we're not talking about at all. Uh, they're just... Because they suck. They are what they are. Nobody's talking about the Vikings and how good they're doing. I know everyone saw the 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 plane ride video and with Kirk Cousins without his shirt on doing all the... All the chains. All but the then chains. did everyone see what Shefty did on I the did. Monday night game? Yeah. Yeah. I got some opinions on that. Uh, that's like, make me a bicycle clown. <laughs> that's that's like hey go out go out and and and, and seize the moment here um but yeah very strange very very strange week the jaguars beat the raiders which is like <laughs> we're living in the upside down although this is what happens when you get towards the middle of the season teams kind of start there's to injuries. figure it out there's Black injuries populace. there's there's video and game footage that's now out there you can start uh, you know, reconning teams a little bit more. Some of these teams you're facing for the second time, but man, very uh, very bizarre, very interesting weekend. It's well, we, we talked Bills Jets. You briefly touched on Chiefs Titans, so let's yeah. let's go into that one. Chiefs mm-hmm. Titans, um, Sunday night game. Yeah, and it delivered. It delivered. It really yeah. did. Um, and it made me think a lot more about how you have like, you know, there's that. We've talked about it a couple times now where Gronk is that player that just opens and unlocks the rest of the offense. Devontae was that for the Packers. And there's probably good, you know, defensive examples of where that is too. But Kelsey is in that same, he's in the same conversation, right? What he does to the Chiefs offense just allows them to throw it 69 times um, if the run game can't get going. They'll just continue to pepper, throw targets downfield because eventually, yeah. you know, Kelsey's going to catch a couple, rumble, they're going to get a first down. Oh, it's fourth and 10. We don't care. Throw it. Oh, it's, you know, first and 10, throw it. <laughs> oh, it's third and 19, throw it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like pe- people will convert. Um, and then the defense is like on the sideline, like uh, that SpongeBob meme where he's like got his hand against the wall and he's like breathing really hard. Yeah. Because every time Derrick Henry had a run play called, it's like he knew what the defense was going to do. And he just yeah. went right to the spot where the <laughs> defense wasn't and just ripped off 18 yards. I, in one of in one of my fantasy leagues, I was I was ahead. And I was like, yo, I just need 
Derrick Henry to get 15 points or less. Derrick Henry had like 15 points in the first quarter. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, I took my best shot. I had Tyreek. I had Devontae. I, you know, I had Justin Fields. I was like, ah, whatever. I'm resigning. You know what I mean? Like, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> because he just kept it going. And it's like, this is a divisional foe. How do you not know how to stop this guy? Yeah. You know, I got a little concerned when, when Tannehill wasn't in. I'm like, oh, no, here we go. But I got to tell you, Malik Willis is not it. The man had five total completions. Now, what I don't know, if this speaks to how good the running game of Tennessee is, how well their defense performs, or just how bad the run defense is for uh, the Chiefs. Because like, if you look through the numbers, nothing sticks out that's overly impressive other than Derrick Henry's 115 yards and two touchdowns. Just, I mean... They capitalized on interception uh, against Mahomes that obviously, obviously helped that out. But offensively, if you just cut off everything else and look at that and you'd be like, wow, this was a terrible game. Like Malik was 5 of 16. He had 80 total yards. He got sacked three times. He rushed eight times for 40 yards. And then... You have Derrick Henry with 115 yards on 15 on 17 carries, and the next closest in terms of yardage was uh uh who's uh what was it uh maybe o- 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 Kanaku Okanakwa o- oh yeah that th- there you go like I don't even yep. I've never even heard that name before O K O N K W O Okunawa. That's his last name. His first name is C H I G O Z I E M. Chuguze? I think. I think. Anyway. We tried. Anyway. We tried. It's, uh, that's the first time it's I've ever seen that name. And he had, <laughs> get this, one reception for 48 yards. Otherwise, nobody on the defensive side of the ball, except for Henry, did anything. This was literally a. Hey, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to give Henry the ball, and we're going to let him run. Okay, And we're going to yeah, go yeah. this way. And then we're going to go this way. <laughs> yeah, and then we're going to let him run the ball over here. And then we're going to repeat that process just over and over and over again. And it worked. Fucking worked against one of the best teams in the entire league. You can't make an excuse for injuries. You can't make an excuse for anything else other than the fact that... Because they were out of their bye, too. That, that's the thing. That's yeah. That's damning about the Chiefs here. Yeah, so the Titans moved on to, I mean, they dropped to 5-3, and three, but they were literally, literally one of the biggest upsets so far of the season. If Tannehill was in this game, I, I have no doubt they would have won this game if Henry continued to play as well as he did. As he did. Yeah, probably. And, you know, there's nothing to say, too, that, like, the, uh, the Titans might have figured out something, right? It, it's more that the Chiefs really let themselves get beat than I think right. the Titans would have outright won the game, especially with... Willis and maybe he doesn't have a command of the playbook thus far. Um, but the talk after that game was, oh, can you believe what Malik Willis did? And you're just like, no, no, I cannot. What 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 did you watch? Did you watch the Amazon Prime feed where the, there's all these like stats that you know that don't matter that you're paying attention to? Like, come on, man. Like for, that, first half. That, there's first, a reason why. Yeah. There's a reason why in in the advertisement for the game, Willis is not on there. It's Henry, yeah. right? Because the the NFL is saying. Dumbos, 
watch this guy. He's going to take over the game. And he does. And he does. Yeah. And I, I mean, the first, I would say the first quarter and a half, two quarters maybe, he looked like, oh shit, he's going to put them in, in a prime opportunity here to score. And then just fell off. Scored 14 touchdown, uh, 14 points in the, the second quarter. And then they had nothing but a field goal for the rest of the game. And as soon as they lost the coin toss, we're like, well, here we go. It's, yep. That's we've, it. We've seen this Too story bad. before. Yeah. Now this is going to end. Yep. And it's, I mean, the defense still almost, you know, held the, uh, held KC in overtime. But, you know, that's just too much. If your defense is on the field for majority of the game, 43 of 68, 446 yards, and still only scored 20 points. The touchdown, uh, a, uh, sorry, it was a field goal, a touchdown with a missed field goal, uh, a touchdown with another missed field goal, uh, followed by two field goals after that. So they had, and, and three of those points came in overtime. They literally, 20 points is all they were able to score with that much offensive output means your red zone offense is terrible. Garbage. Uh, your run defense just got fully exposed. So you can expect anytime they go up against the team that has a quality running back, you know what's about to happen. You are going to get punched in the mouth over and over and over. The difference is they're going to have a quarterback who's capable of throwing the ball and making more than five completions. So this could be a turning point in the se- in the season for the Chiefs unless they, you know, obviously they can make some changes. They can go back, watch some film, help identify where some gaps were. But they got some work to do or they are in trouble because yeah. teams are starting to figure it out and these wins are getting a little closer and a little closer and a little closer. The Titans... While they're again five and three and just sniffed six and two, aren't in my opinion one of the greats in the league. There are more than a handful of teams that are six and two or six and three. They go up against yeah. a quality team or a team that's on the rise. Mm. Yeah, you get caught. You get caught sleeping. You you, you get sleeped. That, yeah, that that could definitely happen. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna briefly touch on Panthers Bengals here before we finish up the recap. Yeah, we have. With, we uh, we kind of have to. Dolphins, Bears, um, PJ Walker, turnover, 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 bench before halftime. Baker Mayfield, one Baker Mayfield comes in, touchdown, touchdown. Now it didn't matter because uh, Joe Mixon decided, you know what? I'm tired of Sam Smith saying I'm a top five, not five. I'm a top ten, number ten, uh, <laughs> running back. I'm gonna be a top five, number four, number three kind of running back. Five, count them, five touchdowns. Four in the ground, one through the air. Just, just like I think, it's just unreal, right? If you went against him in fantasy, rip ninety nine percent of the time you lost. Yeah, you, you would have had to be going up against someone who had like a stellar team uh, to to be able to hold them off. I don't really know what this game says about the Bengals, right? There's still no Jamar. There was not a lot of passing touchdowns, but in a game where they couldn't stop the run, sure, I'm all about it. The team is in complete disarray. Um, obviously, Matt Rule has been fired. Steve Wilkes is the interim head coach. Sam Tarled is now healthy to be back. So we have a true quarterback controversy uh, going forward here. So we, we'll see what happens. I, I'm happy for the Bengals. Hashtag let Joey roar. Um, but I don't know. Maybe like throw it to T. Higgins next time. You know, just, just <laughs> and, I, and I know there were some would-be touchdowns that, you know, were 
called back for penalty or, you know, falling down at the one yard line. But I mean, yeah, not expecting that. All right. Let's, let's get to the, the crown jewel of this week's games. Um, I, I think when we were, you know, pointing this game out, we were telling ourselves like, this is a put up or shut up game for both teams. Right. Yeah. We want to see if the bears really are, you know, they, if they have the, the stones to go toe to toe. And we, we want to see if the dolphins are legit. I think that game answered that question in the affirmative for both of us. Yeah. Um, it's like the arrival of Justin Fields. And the only reason I say that is because uh, the Dolphins are, uh, uh, they're, they're not a pushover team. They're a team that definitely has the ability to play good defensive ball. So this game taught me a couple things. One, the Bears, when their quarterback is playing at a high caliber, have the potential to play upset for a lot of teams. They're sitting at three and six right now. I don't know if they're going to turn the season around. I mean, but they're a cage animal. And yeah. those, those are the ones you don't want to fuck with. No, I th- I think more than being a threat to you know go deep in the playoffs. I think they're a team that might turn around and play upset for a lot of teams and may be responsible for helping bounce someone out. Um, I don't. I haven't looked at the end of their schedule, but they're third in their division. Um, you know, just above the the Bears. I mean, just above the Lions. But they have the Packers above them, at, also at three or six, three and six. That I don't expect to go anywhere. But they're behind Minnesota, who's seven and one, who might fuck around and win. Uh, you know, the NFC if they play their cards right. But you know, they got the Eagles that they have to look up to. Um, uh, yeah. so I think you know it's it's. Interesting to see Justin Fields kind of make a turn. What that means long term, I don't know. But going up against a team like Miami, who with Tua back, and this is the second thing that that showed me is that he is legitimately playing back at you know early season caliber. Uh, while the offense has been struggling to find its footing, the Bears' defense hasn't been the worst. They've been able to put up, uh, you know some competitions to to some pretty decent teams so far this season but if you can match that up with a quarterback who's capable of going toe-to-toe with someone like Tua who at the beginning of the season before he you know got his bell rung a million times and uh we watched CTE set in live uh was in my opinion one of the potential MP- MVP favorites like he came out the man with his pants on fire just burning everybody, constantly moving, making some pretty incredible throws that everyone thought they were kind of making up, you know, for social media posts before the the season. Looks phenomenal. We We did. Yeah, and he looked phenomenal. Like, he came out, he played incredibly well, he took care of the ball, he threw for three touchdowns. Uh, I mean, there's nothing negative to take away from that game 302 yards no interceptions he had a fumble that you know they ultimately ended up uh holding on to but justin field toe-to-toe he only had 123 yards but they were efficient yards which is something we talked about a lot over the last couple seasons but not a lot this season efficiency right like you don't need we, we saw the opposite of that with mahomes where you throw for you know, a million completions and a million attempts and 400 plus yards. You barely scoop out a game. He had 103 yards in total, three touchdowns, which is 
very impressive, plus one on his own that he ran in. So it's one of those that, like, this could be a turning point for the Bears. I was trying to see what their schedule looks like going forward. They have um, Detroit. I mean, they just win. Yeah, they just beat a shitty team. Uh, The Falcons. Win. Win. The Jets. That'll be tough. Mm, Loss. Packers again. Loss. Bye week. Win. Eagles. Loss. Bills. Loss. Lions. Win. Vikings. <laughs> well, the Vikings might already have the division locked up because right because that's the Week 18 game, so they they may not. I mean, there may be a backup quarterback and and Madison playing for the uh, yeah for the Vikings there. They might so, not even start their full defense. Yeah, so of the remaining eight games in that mix, they have the Packers again, which anytime you play someone twice, uh, you know, could go either way. But you have the Jets, the Eagles, the Bills, and the Vikings. Any one of those four games, it, I mean, I would be a tough sell to bet against either of those four teams against a team like the Bears. They're not. I don't think they're making it. I mean, I don't think you would. There would have to be some some major collapses around the rest of the NFC in order for that to happen. There are more than a handful of teams that are sitting well above where they are. I mean, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, they got the they got the schedule and the the stuff in front of them. Uh, I think it was incredible that uh, Fields broke Michael Vick's you know single game rushing record. Yep. Uh, just just by a couple yards, but still, I mean that's. That special stuff. It was aided, of course, by a sixty-yard run where everyone in Miami was just like, oh, "Come on, just like fall down. You're supposed to fall down. Like I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not trying to run all the way down the field to catch you. It's like, no, dude, yeah. come on, make a play. I, I mean, uh, I, I don't think you can. To that point, I don't think you can rely on that to continue. Like he is not going to be yeah, the guy can. that's going to win you all of the games on his legs. If he gets hurt, like season's over. So okay. he has to be able to do both. And he got by in this game because he was a run threat, which left a couple like short passes or a couple, um, you know, five and out that turned into to major yardage. Uh, but that brings up a good point and something I meant to talk about. But as I watched the the Kansas City game, I was getting, I was infuriated because you I can see why someone like Mahomes is capable of doing what he's doing. He has. A mechanic in his run, and quarterbacks are so protected in this league that pay attention to this the next time to see if you pick up on it. It's not every run, but it's a lot of his runs. He'll come out, he'll make a move, and then he goes left. And as he's going left, or he's going right, he leans back, which for every other quarterback in the league is the indicator that I'm about to slide. But instead of sliding, he keeps running horizontally, and then yeah. moves up. How, as a defender, do you go into that situation saying, I'm going to load up on a quarterback, knowing that if he slides, you got to bail out or you're going to cost your team 15 yards and a first down? You you talk to your NFL players union rep and you hope <laughs> that they hear you. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's what you do there. It, it keeps speaking to the point where I think it is entirely unfair what we're expecting defensive players to be able to do on the fly. And if 
if you watch it and you see what I see, I, f I feel like it's a cheap move to run that way. Like, here I am. I'm going to run. I'm going to give the indication. And we've se I've seen him do it before, where he runs and will give like a hint like he's going to slide and then will deke out of it and take off running. That is such a, a Diddy. That's a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. That's such a, it's not a scum hold on, Tim. It's not a scumbag move. Well, it is. As soon as they commit themselves to the ground, it's it. The play is dead. So if I'm a linebacker or a corner or a safety and I'm coming up to make a tackle on him and he gives me the appearance that he's going to go down, I'm going to stop because if I touch him, even the, the slightest wrong way, I know with 100% certainty, I've now given them the first down plus an additional 15 yards. I mean, it's it's a definite possibility. I don't. I just don't know about scumbag behavior. Oh, I I mean, it's it's. I mean, we, fully we, we use that advantage. word for Antonio Brown. So, like, I'm not I'm not really trying to put Antonio Brown in Patrick <laughs> it's, Mahomes. In the the, same they're they're, they're different term. levels. The the problem is what you're doing is you're taking advantage of a rule that already makes it super difficult to get tackled, and you're forcing in real time someone to, and you're you're forcing them to make like a a snap decision. And you know they're going it, to... It's, it's no different than two boxers meeting in the middle of the ring. Knowing that, okay, one of them's going to put his hands up. And I'm, I'm just going to take a swing and knock him out. Like, it's, how is it not the football equivalent of... I mean, I would say cheap shot, but obviously no one's hitting each other. But how is that not taking advantage of a, of a situation that is almost impossible already? Like you see quarterback, this is how they tackle quarterbacks now. This happened a couple times on Sunday. They come in and they'll put their arms up, and if it looks like the balls can leave their hands, they're starting to like put their hands back and like chest bump the quarterback because they're so afraid that if they make the wrong level of contact, because it's literally like a, a six inch window that they have now, that it's a penalty. Yeah. And now you're having someone like Patrick come out, give the appearance that he's going to slide, and then he's going to keep running. And when he does that, he, he gets like an extra five or six yards out of it. It's just, I don't know. I think it's a trashy thing to do if you're doing it on purpose. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying watch. Now that that's in the back of your mind, pay attention to it and see if that's what's going on. Because if it is, it's a trashy move. And I think there needs to be either a, if a quarterback leaves the pocket and passes the line of scrimmage, he's a runner. He is free game no matter what. Don't let him slide. Or, yeah. or... They have to slide. You have to go either way. You can't have the guys. Then, then, then that would be lame if they have to slide because they would just run and just go drop down and you know get your slide on, girl. That wouldn't that wouldn't be good. That would be good. But I I agree. But how many times might we see a team get exposed because they're like, oh God, what do I do? <laughs> well, hey, that's onto the competition committee for them to fix that. Of which we will be submitting our resumes very soon. Yeah. to to go because it's it's very clear we're, because we're the, good at that. the ump the the current ref situation is fucking terrible. Well, you know, it's, these are growing pains. It's it's a weird season. We're in the upside down. You already mentioned it. Speaking of seasons, postseason favorites. You you had already said, look, you think the Jets are a postseason favorite? And I was like, are you sure? After this game against the Bills, I'm I'm on board with you. And I said the Giants, and even though the Giants didn't play this week. Still think uh, going forward. I mean, they got a week well, to get let's, healthy. Let's qualify things, real things quick what we mean by postseason favorites. We're talking about just making the postseason, right? Okay. Correct. Correct. I don't want this to be misconstrued by the people. Right. We're not talking yeah. about 
postseason success. Do I think they're my favorite to win the Super Bowl? No, that's that's the Bills by a large margin. Second, maybe only to the Eagles because I keep forgetting they're undefeated so far in the season, which no, something else nobody's really yeah. chatting about. It's a, it's a it's a it's a weird thing you forget. If we're talking about clear post clear favorites to make the postseason clear losers that are not going to make the postseason. You said the Rams, and Dan, that looks really good right now because they are just they, – they can't get Odell to come back to the team. Uh, Matthew Stafford has a concussion. Cam Akers isn't playing football. We want to trade him. Nobody wants him. Now he's back. We're going to find a way to make it work. Yeah. Uh, okay, sure, whatever you say. Um, but the Raiders, wow. When I said that, I really wanted, like, the Raider Nation just, like, kind of get up, put some energy, you know, get a spirit bomb going and just, like – fix the team and it's very clear that the Raiders don't want to fix themselves they seem to be almost content right like we have the Arizona Cardinals in season on hard knocks no 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 I don't want them I want I want the Raiders I want you to swap right now I want you to take all that the film crew from Phoenix Arizona and I want you to go to Oakland nope Las Vegas sorry I want you to just go up the road and just say hello Raiders we are here and I would like to film your dysfunction Please sign this affidavit saying we can do it. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like the, the Raiders, all this talk. We got Devontae. We got a coach. We got the tight end. We got a defense. What the fuck? They've completely fallen apart in, in dramatic fashion. And I just want to say, this was another coach. They'd have been fired by now. They wouldn't have a job. So we're relying on the name and the pedigree of a coach to change the culture of a team. And the way that that's going to occur is they're going to crash the car. That's what I'm seeing right now. And it's yeah. hard for me to unsee it because they have the talent. They just are not executing. I just, I just don't understand it. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of an interesting cause last year or last season, we were like, Oh my gosh, this team is a, a decent yep. team. They're finding ways to put it together. And then they kind of fell off towards the end of the season. Uh, this season, it's like you thought they had all the pieces, but I'm starting. I think a picture is starting to be painted that Josh McDaniels just isn't the guy. Yeah, and it's very hard to disagree with that. Yeah, I think there there are people throughout your career who are great supervisors, great team leads, great managers but would not run your company very well. And I think that's kind of what we're starting to see is that his niche really is probably helping teams coordinate and plan and maybe not being the guy that's responsible for all of it because every time this has gone down, he has a losing record other than, uh, what was it, 2009, he went 8-8. Eight and eight. But it followed that up with a three and nine, and now a two and six. Now, all of that being said, is Derek Carr the guy that's going to carry you on to a lot of these? Um, I don't know. There's been conversation back and forth. You would think with some of the weapons that he has, they would have some better success. Uh, Hunter Renfro has been all but non-existent this season. Um, Devontae Adams, who's been out trying his best to help. I mean, he got two of their touchdowns. He had 146 yards in this game, but it's but the not. Way that, the way that game started, you're like, fantastic. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I mean, 
It's a, it's a tough team to figure out. I didn't expect them to do this bad. I thought they'd be kind of mediocre or land somewhere in the middle. I don't know if I think this is a scenario where if it was any other coach, they'd be fired already because it's his first year. You're always going to let him sink or swim. You usually get like a year or two out of it. Um, and then you kind of start making your decisions. But either way, something doesn't feel right about this team, and I can't quite put my finger on what it is. Part of it's car and his inconsistency. Some of it, I think, is, you know, once you get outside of Josh Jacobs and, and um, Devontae Adams, like, who's the person you're going to lean on? Is it Brandon Bolden? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. It's not Hunter Renfro anymore. There's nobody. I mean, there's nobody there for for you to think. Oh, this is a breakout game. You have all the tools you need. You should be winning all of them. But you should be winning some of them. You have two wins, and you should win a game. <laughs> That you're up 17-0 on the Jacksonville Jaguars. You should yeah. win that game. You absolutely should win that game. Yeah. The Lions can win that game. <laughs> the Browns can win that game. Hmm. I agree. And I mean, this is what I'm saying. I can't quite figure out where it is that they are they're missing. I know they're literally middle of the pack and every possible statistic across the board. But you would think that would put them somewhere around like the 500 club, and, and they're two and six. So the defense has a bunch of holes in it. Your quarterback's a little inconsistent. Some of your game planning has some major holes in it. So this is just a team that's not built for success. And I think they thought that slapping a band aid on a pile of shit was somehow going to clean this up in the form of Devontae Adams and, and maybe polish it a little bit with Josh McDaniels. It's not it. It's not it. Nope. Uh, I I had high hopes, but nah, I'm not, I'm I am no longer done, feeling it. Yeah. All right. So uh, both got a both got a pair of picks. So all time you have ten, and I have eleven. And this is where I look back and say, <laughs> "Sucker." Yeah. And then I just take off, eat my dust. All right. In my head, that's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. So week ten, good good slate of games in week ten for yeah. sure. First one, Seahawks Bucks. And I'm going Seahawks. There's the Bucks. I'm very happy that Tom Brady went down the field, organized a game-winning drive to a tight end on a fade route. You'll, these are just things if you watch football for a long time, you're like, oh, like the little Leo thing. Oh, 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 oh. Here yeah. I come. That's that's him. It's like he was having an out-of-body experience. Oh, I have 30 seconds left. Oh, I have no timeouts. Oh, there's a tight end that nobody wants to cover. I got this, fam. And then he went down and threw a touchdown, and it was it was fantastic because the Rams thought they won that game, and they fucking did. Love to see yeah. it. That being said, uh, the Seahawks are no slouch defensively, and Geno threw a pick six last week and then came back and threw a touchdown. So you're going to play mistake football. Brady's played the Seahawks before outside of the Super Bowl. Not really a good winning record towards them. I think that trend goes here, not being a homer. I generally do think this is going to be like a 24-21 kind of game. Mm -hmm. It's also at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning. I'm here so I will it. be up and then screaming into like a pillow or a blanket or something trying to just – because there's so much bad juju that's going to go in this game. I'm just calling it right now. Oh, yeah. But this, I is gonna, this is going to be my picks, and I was going the opposite. I'm going to go Bucks. So this will be a good little matchup. All right, let's go. Reason being is I'm challenging you on your not-so-shabby defense. They're rated 20th in the league for passing yards, defensive passing yards allowed per game, and they are 27th in defensive rushing yards per game. And coming off of a win that they just had now, um, uh, <laughs> Tampa's fifth in the league 
in points allowed. They only average about 18 points uh, points per game. I think this is one of those potential season-turning type games. Or You saw Otto out there actually making right. some tight end style plays, yep. which gives them an additional weapon. The thing that irks me the most about the Bucks is that like the drops are unreal. He had like eight or nine drops in the last game. Some of them were very clearly touchdowns. Some were in the end zone, some were just outside the end zone, but like everyone is dropping balls. Evans is dropping ball. I mean, it's it is just absurd what I'm seeing from this team given the expectations we had obviously coming off of uh last season and the success they had to see Godwin not being able to catch the ball like I'm I'm trying to find what the drop percentage is by these guys but may, it 96%. is 6% 100 uh no it's just been it's been insane like there is nobody that you can throw to that I have the highest amount of confidence in being able to do anything with. Otten has been one of those that has been trying to figure it out. Now he's getting more involved. I mean, it's... I don't know. I feel like this is definitely a game that could turn a season. Right? They, they That was a close-fought game. You had vintage Brady coming down and making it work. And I think this could be one of those going up against the team... That has been a little better than what we expected. That has some vulnerabilities uh, that I think, in my opinion, uh, potentially may get exposed. So I'm going Bucks. All right. I look forward to taking the point. Um, next, Broncos, Titans. Broncos off a bye. Titans uh, saying bye, bye, bye to that game they lost in primetime. And I'm going, Mr. Never Need a Wristband. Russell, Carrington, Wilson. They got four running backs now with Chase Edmonds, Latavius Murray, you know, Matt Boone, and uh, Melvin Gordon. So there's going to be plenty of running backs. Tight ends, Greg Dulce is going to catch the balls that are thrown to him. Let's just be clear about that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I think the Broncos can squeak out a win here. I think it'll be an ugly game as well. Um, but I think that's a heartbreaking game that the Titans lost there. And I, I think that the Broncos have a much better run defense than the Chiefs do at this point. So that's why I'm going that way. All right. Uh <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm I'm picking the Dallas Cowboys game because I know it's I know Ooh. it's I know it's a uh what would appear to be volleyball, but I'm doing it for two reasons. One, um it's a weird, weird <laughs> league week over week. We've already talked about that. I feel like this could be one where the Packers somehow figured out and do something with it. Um, but what I'm really hoping is that they've lost against some pretty mediocre and bad teams. I hope they just get their shit pushed in. I hope they get their ass oh, kicked. Yeah. Uh, so I'm this going Cowboys. This caught it 15 years ago. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going Cowboys with this one for certain. Um, but that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something going on. I love, I love, love the Aaron Rodgers just digging himself, you know, a hole that makes him look worse and worse. Uh, hey, uh, what are your thoughts on the season? I don't give a shit what uh, any of the TP experts say. You can say what you want about experts not playing the game. 
they watch and watch and study and watch and review and watch (laughs) (laughs) so much football it's easy for them to come now is everybody correct no are there some idiots out there of course we're two of them i understand that however you're not passing the eye test, dude. This is some of the worst football I've seen out of him ever. And could you even imagine if this was Tom Brady? Could you even imagine? Yeah, we would never, we never let him live it for down. year over year, twenty four seven over a year. It was look at Aaron Rodgers; he's the best quarterback in football. Tom Brady's heading for a cliff. Look how bad he is. I have not heard that conversation in the same capacity with Aaron Rodgers. Everyone's talking. That's his, his, his team. Was his, the guy was a turnover machine in the red zone, which is unheard of. I think, in my yeah. opinion, I think he's just mentally checked out. I think he's the Kyrie Irving of the NFL, and he's more concerned <laughs> with off-the-field conspiracy theory nonsense and whatever else he wants to go into now. Doing appearances on like the Pat McAfee show and Barstool Sports and Joe Rogan. I think that's the lifestyle he feels now, and that's cool, that's fine, but you are a shitty quarterback right now, and like that is not something that I've heard enough people come out and say that like you are a bad football team, a football team, and you are an even worse quarterback right now. And I know um, OBJ. That was one of the teams he came out and said. That he'd be willing to go and play for, but like he ain't. He said that to drive up, you know, an offer from another team. He's not going there. Yeah, it's just I I mean He's gonna get double covered the minute he lands in, in Lambo. Yeah. I mean Aaron I mean Aaron Rodgers has seven interceptions on the season. He only has fourteen touchdowns through nine games. It's just like there's nothing there's there's nothing in what this season looks like that I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, it's it's your team's fault. It's yeah, not your team's fault. You've had one game in which your like your your best game came against uh, Tampa Bay, and you won fourteen to twelve. <laughs> it wasn't really you. It was probably the defense that did more of that winning. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you there, and that I I hope that the Cowboys uh, definitely definitely pull it out. That will, that will be nice to see. Yeah, and I hope that there's another. I don't know. Did CD Lamb catch it? <laughs> kind of moment. That that would be great. Uh, last game I'm gonna pick here: Raiders Colts. Look, we just boohooed the Raiders, but the Colts are in a massive, massive state of disarray at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got to say, the least fucked up of these two teams who has to win uh, is the Raiders, and that's all I'll say about that. In your third game, sir. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm trying not to to lob one up here. Um, that's that's the difference between you and me. I just read the uh, I read the games of the week and I just go one, two, three. I just pick them and I just let the cards fall where they may. Maybe that's yeah, why I'm doing good. No, 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 I like that. Thinking about them and trying to get real deep into trying to figure out who's going to win. No, that's not. I'm not trying to figure out teams that are going to win. I'm trying to figure out games that could potentially uh, be very good, close games, um, and maybe have a couple gambles just to make things interesting. So the Dallas uh, 
the the Cowboys Packers game sounds at first glance like it's just a, a lob, but I really in my gut think that this could be one of those games where suddenly the Packers figure it out and turn it around in a game. I don't think so, which is why I picked the Cowboys, but still. So I'm gonna go Jaguars Chiefs for this one. No. No. I, I you're giving me a point if you're gonna if you're gonna vote the way I think you are. And I'm gonna go Jaguars. Because because <laughs> listen to this. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. This is mostly for this is this is some fan service. So people don't think I'm just out here uh I'm just out here, you know, picking easy picks. But the Jaguars are seventh in the league in rushing yards per game. And what did we just see happen? We saw them get fully exposed uh by a team that had quality rushing. The difference is uh, if you had to give me Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence has gone out and done some some decent things against some quality you teams. You hear yourself? I Two know. Two episodes ago, you were talking about, that. nah, fam, he's not it. You he's not. I mean? He's not. Travis I... Etienne has a couple of good games, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't know. I think they can take down the presumptive MVP. Oh, this is interesting. Is that a passing yardage-wise? Patrick Mahomes is 219, 331, 2,605 yards. Trevor Lawrence is only 20 completions behind him in less attempts and has 275 yard, or 2,075 yards. He has half the touchdowns. Let's be, let's be real there. Let's, yeah, so let's, <laughs> let's be real about that. But okay, you, look, I highlighted it. It's but, on the sheet. But you actually think the Jaguars are going to win this game? Travis Itney has more rushing touchdowns than Clyde edwards helaire no. Uh no. You heard that song? Oh my God! Stop fucking lying! You're not picking the Jags in this game. It's the Jags. You're not doing it. It's the Jags. You're trolling me. It's the Jags, baby. Here we go. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God! Oh Jesus! This is. Ah, uh, this, two game, this could be a two-game. This could be a two-game swing for you. If the Seahawks pull this out in this game, I'm giving you right now. Two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, because if the if the I'm not going to get any. You think the Cowboys are going to lose to Green Bay? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, did I just did I did I swing your opinion? Because you were like, oh, it's definitely going to be the Cowboys, and now you're like, no, 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 it's definitely going to be the the Packers. Well, yeah, I'm not I'm not cooking with gas and sniffing it by saying the Jaguars are going to beat the Chiefs. Just okay, you, let's, just let's, you wait. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to like put a, a, a little wager on it. Too. Fuck it, four pack bet. Let's go, four pack bet that the Jacks are going to beat the Chiefs because that <laughs> shit ain't happening. I'm fucking looking forward to it. They I'm almost lost to the Titans, great. so there's there's that. Oh, okay, okay. Anyways, all right. That, those are our picks for the next uh, week. Uh, wait, yeah, they almost lost to the Titans with a backup quarterback who threw the oh ball five times. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. We're we're gonna get to a new segment here. Come on, really. Uh, this is where people in the sports world, they do some shit that just doesn't make you just scratch your head, but just kind of goes like, yeah, don't know why you're, don't know why you would say that. Don't know why you're doubling down on that. Don't know why you'd make that decision. Come on, man. Really? Like, you know, kind of look in the mirror sort of thing. And we got to start with the Colts. This, this thing has been bludgeoned to death. They talked a lot about it. We won't go into too much detail here. Let's just talk about the fact that for many, many years, uh-huh. There has been an analyst on a sports network who has been linked to possible GM openings and has never gotten a gig. Yeah. And 
on its face, a coach who, an interim coach, which the Rooney rule doesn't apply. So, you know, for the folks who are saying, what about Rooney rule? Well, apparently it doesn't apply to interim coaches. It applies for coaching vacancies of which this is not one at the moment because they have an interim coach. Um, I'm sure Jeff Saturday is a fantastic individual. I'm sure he knows the game. I'm sure that, you know, there's a reason why he's in the the Colts ring of honor. I'm sure that he has a great relationship with patient, but with Peyton Manning, none of that makes him qualified at any level, in my opinion, to be the, an interim head coach of an NFL team and his high school coaching experience from a few years ago. Doesn't do that either. There are two former head coaches on that staff that could step in and be interim coaches. And what makes this worse for me is when the owner gives a cringeworthy press conference after he's lapping up all the good press because he's holding Dan Snyder's feet to the fire. We're going to fucking kick you out of the league. Then he goes and says some boneheaded shit like, yeah, I don't know. You guys can bet against him if you want, but I hope he's the coach of the future, which is essentially saying no matter what games he wins or loses this year, Okay, cool. If he if he if he applies to the coaching job next year, we're probably gonna we'll probably pick him unless you know people freak out about it. Like it's tampering, it's borderline, like just a whole bunch of stuff like like Colts, man. I can I can understand that you didn't like Frank Reich's way of doing things. You want to fire the offensive coordinator, the Wentz experiment didn't work, the Matt Ryan experiment didn't work. You've been trying to replace the quarterback because you're broken at that position. The way to do that is to go with an interim coach for the season, and then go get one of these offensive defensive coordinators that's going to be the cream of the crop for next year. It isn't to bring someone in from your hall of honor whom is on a first-name basis with the owner. How can you be objective as a coach in that level? I don't think that you can. Mm-hmm. Do I wish the best for him? Sure. Sure do. Um, that guy yelled at me it's... once uh, for wearing a Patriot shirt in a room of on course. NFL Sunday. And what's funny is I only knew of him as the analyst and completely disconnected his ties to the Colts that whole time. Well, I mean, you grow a beard and you just you look completely different. So, so uh, what's interesting for me, and I, I feel like this is a little bit of trolling on the uh, Colts staff side. If you go to the Colts uh, coaching staff website, you'll see everybody listed there. Strength conditioning coach, assistant coaches, coordinators, everybody. And underneath it lists years of experience in bold writing for everybody to see. Yeah. Guess who does not have an entry? Jeff Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So for me, what this actually feels like is uh, a tanking move. If I had to guess, the goal here is to put somebody there who is going to let them lose as many games this season as they need to without tarnishing their reputation as a potential head coach, without having to pay someone the money as, as a head coach. It just feels a little bit like a gimmick. Now, we've seen this in baseball, which I get is a different beast, where you had Aaron Boone, uh, you had Cano. I mean, you had, you had guys who, come in, who came from playing positions in the coaching positions that previously had no experience. But we're talking like a couple of years removed. We're not talking 10 years removed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, in some cases it has been, and in some cases there's been some decent success. You have Rabel for the Titans, mm-hmm. who has had, I would say, a pretty successful tenure 
on the Titans, uh, dealt with, with some injuries and whatnot. So it's not like this is the first and only time something like this has happened. So do I think they're going to be successful? And do I think he's going to go on and, and, and play great and do all of these things? I, I mean, coach well, I, I have not, I don't know where it is that they picked up that he would translate to good coach. Maybe he's just a phenomenal interviewer. But to me, this feels a little bit like predetermining your scapegoat to uh-huh. tank a season without ruining the uh, the reputation of anybody on his staff who might have aspirations to go on and do something bigger. He doesn't have the confidence in it his quarterback. He doesn't have the confidence in his team. So any anyone you think on your coaching staff who has long-term aspirations, if you put them in here, they run the risk of having like an 0-9 head coach record, which is going to tarnish whatever they decide to go on and do next year. Right. Throw someone in there who has no experience, let them drive the boat into obscurity, start over next year, get a couple draft picks out of it, Maybe there's some leverage there, but it feels like you're you're preemptively setting up a scapegoat. That's exactly what that feels like to me. As long yeah, as they I, don't I guess start, I, I guess I can see that. As long as they don't start firing some of the the supporting staff, like offensive coordinators or, or or assistant coaches or whatnot, like I don't, I, I it, it it's hard for me to see this in any other capacity. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and and if someone comes in to be the shit umbrella, and then there's a complete regime change from coach to uh, all the coordinators and all the players, then I guess that's the way it goes. It just it just feels really disingenuous, man. And, it, and it's like it's like, come on, you just lapped up all of this pressure by finally convincing Dan Snyder that he might want to go and look into selling the team, <laughs> abject that investigation into him, and then you go and do something boneheaded like this. It's just like, all right, cool. I guess it really is a business. So. The second come on, really, is for our Boston Bruins. They were on this huge roll, winning overtime games, winning a whole bunch of games. Then a story comes out about how they signed a guy to one of their uh, one of their minor league rosters, yeah, who actually was charged and convicted with bullying uh, a, de- a developmentally um, challenged individual, and yeah. a lot of investigation. They should never have touched this player with a fifteen foot pole. Yeah. And they sign him. Twitter, social media obviously takes off about it. And then the commissioner of the NHL releases a statement. This person is not on the team. Like, hey, th- thanks for playing, Boston. But he is not NHL ready. We yeah. do not stand for this type of thing. And yeah, while you have the ability to hide him on a roster, one of your you know junior teams, like this is going to work. So they parted ways with them. But it's just like, listen, Bruins, you have all this momentum. This is the one thing you didn't need to do. This was the distraction you didn't need to get the eye of Mordor on top of you for. And you went and did it anyways. Why? Did you think that no one was going to pick up on this? Like, this, Did you think, well, we believe people can change? Yeah, okay. I'm with you on that in certain aspects. His case, not one of those aspects. And when 30-plus other teams decided to pass on him, that should tell you something. And maybe you're not the halfway house for people's you know, rehabbing careers yeah. in a rebuild season. Does this even make the news? Maybe. I, uh, because yeah. you, you got, you got some, you got some six, you know, success behind you now. And it's, and it's a, it's a storied franchise. 
you should have known better, Bruins. I um devil's advocate for a moment. Do I think he should be on the team? No, I don't think that was a bad signing. But from what I understand, these things happened when he was 16 years old, something like that. It's the severity of it, though. I I know. I I agree. Do we at that point, or, or or where do we determine that someone is beyond reform and no longer able to contribute? Like, should he be able to go and get a job now outside of the NF- uh, the NHL, or should they also not uh, hire no, him? I mean, like, I mean, he's at, got a well, criminal record, so there's a lot of places that wouldn't hire him. You know, but is it a is it a felony? I, I don't know. I don't exactly know the specifics. Of, no, I don't. I don't think it's that. But it's just you know, if if someone does a background check on you, it's going to be found. Yeah, you, yeah. You I mean, it's it's criminal history there. So it's a hundred percent bad optics. It's a sh- it's shitty behavior, appalling behavior. Again, I'm not advocating for the Bruins or or him to to sign. I'm just wondering when I see stories like that, and you see these all the time now. Like someone does something, and someone digs up a story from you know like. 15 years ago when they were teenagers and, and dumb, right? We all know men, especially their frontal lobe doesn't fully develop until you're like in your 20s. So you're literally scientifically dumb <laughs> and and without uh, a fully formed brain to, to make all your proper decision making. Well, I, I think like college should be pushed to later on in life for a lot, for a lot of folks. But my, my, my question is just for the sake of asking the question, like, where do we determine the threat, the threshold that folks like we talk about all the time or we don't talk about all the time it, it, in society gets talked about a lot, like prison reform. Someone goes to jail. Mm-hmm. They do something pretty heinous. They come out. Should they get a second chance? How do they get a second chance? All that sort of stuff. Where does that stem in a situation like this where like he was in his teens, he did something pretty heinous, I'm sure after getting convicted and, and all that shit there was a bunch of things that transpired afterwards in the form of, of punishment maybe community service or, or or whatnot like is 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 this something like he should just stop pursuing and maybe go play hockey overseas or what is what does that look like in your mind yeah i think you would have to look at uh, you know active choices to rehabilitate um and then looking past the talent right Talent seems to absolve people of everything. You know, the whole time heals all wounds. Um, and it, it, it's it's assault. It's the racial element to it. It's right. it's just a lot of things that I just don't, I don't think the Bruins should have been the one to make, to, to make the exception, you know? Right. I, it, it, these are the types of scenarios in which someone gets made an example out of. And I would have preferred it to be another team not the Boston yeah. Bruins. So we can stand from our moral high ground and say, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Right. Uh, and yet now while the, the Bruins are on the up and up and up, uh, they have to answer questions about this guy who did this, you know, when he was in his teens and well, is this what the team stands for? Like all these other things, like it's not like Bergeron is the one sign of the contract. <laughs> yeah. Handing it to the kid. You know what I mean? Like this, this is the front office that made those decisions. Yeah. Um, and it is. It's just a really bad look, and I yeah. just, I just expected. Yeah. So re- I, I just expected this to be from. Yeah. From a so, team that so reading for the fences, you know. Yeah. So reading the article sounds like 
um, there was a, 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 a black mentally disabled kid who was tricked into licking a push pop that Miller, who was 14 at the time, uh, wiped in a bathroom urinal. So it's pretty disgusting, pretty heinous. Pretty disgusting. Uh, but yeah, at 14 years old. Gratuitous it, use of, of uh, a racial slur. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's mean, tough. Was, when he was drafted by the Coyotes, like, the Coyotes, like, be, pe- people had a problem with it then. Yep. And it's just sort of like, all right, that's, that should be enough. Like, if a team renounces someone's draft rights, yep. and the guy goes back and he's playing hockey in, in a junior league or something else like that, and he's kept his nose clean, has he really kept his nose clean? Or is he, like, is, is the work there? And I think that's the problem. You know what I mean? Is, is the work that he could do to atone for the consequences of his actions, you yeah. know, had that had a bigger case been made for that, I think you know folks would have been yeah. different a little bit to it. But uh, and I and I know he like he addressed it in like one of the initial conversations. But again, it's you know those who have written him off have already written him off. Like again, I don't know anything about the kid. Like I I could care less one way or the other. Like it's it is what it is in my opinion. That was just more for the sake of of arguing. He uh yeah. um. Like it, at this point, do they just deem his career over for a mistake he made when he was, you know, fourteen years old? That prevents I mean, him for the rest can, of his can life. Can you say the it? same thing for Ray Rice? Uh, can, I mean, can you see the same thing for for you know for people whose careers? Oh, well, Ray Rice wasn't by... Ray Rice wasn't fourteen when he knocked his wife out in a uh, in an elevator. I, I agree that that's what I'm saying. So that's it's, like it's, there's a severity it's, difference. It's the level of the heinousness and just the fact that. You know, you playing hockey in a junior league and wanting to to to, to do the work, but not actually doing the work, just trying to get back to the league. That's yeah. that that's just tough, just tough. So I, I expected better. Out of that. All right, let's let's end this episode of Assassin's yep. Podcast. We'll give a belated, hopeful knock on wood. Um, we may have averted a market crash because remember, every time the Phillies win the World Series, <laughs> the market crashes. That happened in two thousand eight. Uh, it happened in 1918, and they didn't win this time. Shout out to the Astros. They won. Dusty Baker, man. Congrats, dude. He is the third black general manager to win a World Series. That's a very big fucking deal. Um, and there was a lot of people when the Phillies opened up that game, and they were just crushing hits. Everyone's like, what is Dusty doing? Like, people were dragging him, just saying, like, where, where are your stones, man? Like, you know, use your leadership. And then the, the Astros bats came alive and they just gritted out a couple of nice single two run games. And does it absolve them of cheating? No, but four series appearances in six years, maybe the yeah. proof is in the pudding there. Maybe there's something that we're going to look back at this and say, dude, why the fuck did you cheat? You didn't need to. Now by the same token, the Phillies definitely could have won. They, they had plenty of chances, but when they needed their bats to come alive, they didn't have the juice. And, and I think Phillies fans can be, rightfully upset about that this would have been a magical year had the you know the eagles gone deep in the postseason and, and that was what was happening right like you know they, they'd have had something there yep but we got to talk about pena umo grad providence raised pena there was a lot of hubbub about how they moved on from carlos correa and it took a lot of guts for that organization to say yeah, let's go ahead and take this dude. Yep, let's do it. Played Northern Maine. Played in some junior leagues. 
like the guy is is crazy good, and I feel bad that I didn't know more about him before the postseason. Um, but man, I'm I'm happy for him. Hmm. Uh yeah. I mean, a very short list of uh of of notable players that have come out of Maine. So it's always cool to see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you gotta you gotta say what you want about Altuve, but he was super dependable when yeah. when they needed the hits. He got the RBIs. He he put them in positions to score. Verlander finally got the series W, so he can get that monkey off the back now. Um, I don't know if you could say necessarily the sanctity of the game is back, right? There's yep. going to be, just like you said, there's going to be people who write off the, the Astros and say, oh, they still cheated somehow. Oh, yeah, but, still fuck those guys. I hate them. Yeah, you know what I mean? We we avoided the, the market crash, but, uh, you know, all things considered, think about what we saw this postseason with the Braves, with uh, with the Dodgers with the Mariners, right? We had, we actually got some really good postseason baseball. Um, Yankees and Astros was a decent series till it wasn't. Yep. And if you go back and watch that series, it looks a hell of a lot like the world series because, <laughs> you know, a, a team goes up and then a team just completely collapses. And yep. I think that there's a lot of things to look forward to going into next season. The amount of people who have been trolling the Dodgers for saying, don't worry, we'll be back next year. And then they weren't. It's just, Yep. Chef's kiss. Sorry, Red Sox West. <laughs> but I, I hope that, you know, that the players enjoy their offseason and that uh, I think I'm really looking forward to next year because we have we have a set of teams now. We have a really good set of teams in both uh, conferences that I that I do think is, is pretty good. So I'm looking forward to that next year. I'm not even really like a big baseball fan, but now all of a sudden the chance that you're going to turn a baseball game on the TV next season there's going to be a storyline that even if you're a casual fan, you're going to pick up on and you'll know you can follow it. And I, I like that. Yeah. And what'll help, uh, Maryland approved, uh, <clears throat> constitutional amendment legalizing recreational marijuana. So that's right. Tax it, tax the fuck out of it. That should well, be. It's like everything. Maybe, maybe the Orioles would be great next year too. <laughs> <laughs> See the Orioles? Uh, like Baltimore? Maryland. No. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. I just gonna, I did, yeah. Geography, Tim. Yeah, no, I'm dumb. No, I don't know what I All thought right, you said, that but will... that's that's not what I thought you said. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that will do it for this episode of Stats Murder Podcast. Thank you very much for listening and supporting. Uh, if you play Call of Duty, Modern Warfare Two is pretty good. Pretty good. Yep, yep. yep. Um, same, same. You want that and smoke? If you, no, no, I don't. <laughs> not in Warzone. But uh, no, no, no. Uh, I got, actually, we're good. We're throwing it down. In uh, in Modern Warfare Two, Gritty McDuff. Uh, give, if anybody wants that shit on Xbox, I will. I will hand give you me smoke. like, give me like ten minutes, and I'll, I'll probably be online. If you want to play right. some multiplayer, we can. Uh, we we Done. we can pwn the noobs, as the kids would say, as the Gen Z, uh, Gen Z would say. And then also, if you binge watch shows, and you and you watch The Watcher, watch that shit in broad daylight. Okay, don't watch it at nighttime because, fuck man, I watched three episodes yesterday, and I. I was up late, 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 late. Nice. <laughs> not not doing well. <laughs> I think that's why I had a bad day today because I could not sleep without being stressed the fuck out after watching. That's all with the creepy neighbors, right? Yeah. Okay. I only I haven't watched it yet. I just saw a preview, but I watched uh, Midnight Mass. That was pretty good. And then I just mm-hmm. fell off of all of the shows that I was watching and just got too busy. Uh, fucking leaf blowing and going to weddings and working a million hours that uh, I've fallen behind on and or uh, Lord of the Rings uh, oh yeah all of those
obviously. But anyway, uh, after this gets picked, you might need to. Might need to watch some more shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alright, anybody, uh go get yourself something very green as I uh find a little bit dribble left in the bottom of the skin that I'm gonna suck down. Cheers everybody. Cheers, everybody.